This show is about nothing and everything at the same time. We are a diverse group with our own ideas and experiences, which in no way is meant to represent an absolute truth. We know nothing. The three of us have our own biases, experiences, and are just looking to pursue deeper understanding. We're bound to make mistakes in our pursuit of shared wisdom. You're invited to learn along with us. Hello, Hermes crew. Welcome to episode 24, where we're going to dive into this idea of family. Uh, We get into all different nuances and the way that people's families are ever changing and dynamic and unique. So in this episode, we're going to talk about news, family, Tao's family, my own, and just how the makeup of them. Um, I actually even added a sixth addition to um, our family uh, and almost like basically like eighth to, to Betsy's because she has uh, kind of two stepkids of her own that I've never met. Right. And that's the dynamic of family that uh, we're going to dive into just the ever changing. Uh, and it gave me a lot of perspective. It gave me a lot of gratitude as I watched uh, our child be born. Right. And so I just want to encourage you all to enjoy this episode. Check it out. Thank you. Uh, we're going to talk about all of these different nuances to family, right? This idea of like what makes up you and the people that you, uh, right? There's family of blood. There's family of relationship and, and, and sweat, right? When you, when you go through uh, the gauntlet of life with one another uh, and kind of galvanize relationships, those are that those people become your family right and so sometimes um i have great examples of my new family not necessarily getting along with my old family and that being right and trying to navigate that space and um i guess mediate some of those relationships to to try to bring harmonious uh love across the board right yeah i mean that's right that's probably uh kind of yeah balance right and trying to find a way so that um I mean, yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Uh, I see, I was, I mean, I I see this as a potential two-parter because this, there's a lot of richness and depth to this conversation. And uh, as you all know, uh, in the, in the Hermes world, uh, we do like to kind of go like hour and a half, two hours easy. It's just easy (laughs) for us to do that. So uh, we might just, just chop this down into two parts, but that's kind of where we're starting is, is kind of what either tower new like what do you envision as like what is family to you is that too is that too broad is Is that too broad a question she's like what no no so i think family i think like you know in my in my space i've had like a lot of um you know interesting things with my family my immediate family um I'm not necessarily close. I used to joke that um, there was a curse on my on my family because like, I grew up in a space um, like where in my small rural community where all my uncles and aunts, my grand my grandma, I didn't have my grandfather passed away on my dad's side before, like um, when I was a baby. So I never really met him. But I like the space that I grew up in on this reservation is everybody was related to me. So like aunts, uncles, they lived really close by. Uh, my grandma lived right down the road. And the interesting way how I grew up is that we were so not close to, to each other. Like, you know, that was kind of, it was very, it was a very odd kind of place to grow up because they picked sides. My dad was not close with his brothers and sisters and, um, or his mom. And they kind of like, my grandma never even would like even acknowledge my existence when, when, like when she would go by on the, um, in the, on the reservation. Um, usually because of past digressions with my with my father or other kind of situations like that. So it was a very kind of odd way of growing up, um, knowing that like so I was close to my aunt's side of the family, my dad's um, sister, but then my other dad's sisters were not like would not even acknowledge me for like a, like my most of my adolescence. So it was kind of kind of a weird way to grow up. And then most when I when then because for me that's normal, right? But when you go out amongst like Spencer or Tao, that's not normal. <laughs> so it's not a normal thing for your grandma not to acknowledge your existence, right? Um, for me, that was normal. And so it was kind of a different type of way of looking at a family element, like where they picked and choose who was, who is like, 
who was worthy of being like acknowledged right and i think so with growing up i always kind of look at it as like kind of like a semi-curse because that kind of transitioned like how my dad's relationship with was his siblings ended up to kind of be what my relationship is with my my siblings there's not so many of them but we aren't as close either right so i always kind of looked at it as like maybe that's a curse that we can't just get along with our own kind of intermediate family so like family to me almost ended up being like um aside from like my kids and like uh my uh, like my kids mom and stuff like that family to me seems to be the family you choose to be family it's, like, it ends up being close to like friends and um other people that end up being kind of like uh end up feeling that void that i'd have with my real immediate family that i'm blood related to and then i've kind of like was able to transition that to find people that were actually more family than my actual family you know besides like um so that's kind of like what i kind of see family as being is more so just the the family that ended up uh, like i ended up choosing or they ended up choosing me right um so i don't know that's kind of like my explanation of what i see it as i don't know what do you, what do you think tell um i guess i would have a similar definition because for me who was part of my family or who i see as family has always changed uh depending on like my situation i would say that for me family is hard for me to define it's more like an instinct that you know i i can't really necessarily say who is or isn't it's just it, it just whoever feels like family to me. So for example, um, growing up because uh, I couldn't speak Vietnamese very well and my parents would drag me around to parties and all this stuff um, with them, you know, I never really knew who was like my aunt or uncle because I would have to greet them in a Vietnamese title that I didn't actually understand. Um, and also in the Vietnamese like hierarchy of thing, family gets really weird when you think about age because what you call someone is different depending on like your parents age relative to their parents age so for example a cousin that I, I know I am actually related to um she technically would have to call me aunt because of like my dad's age compared to her dad's age but then we, I would have other people that I would call aunt who's not actually my aunt or my dad would call people he would suddenly make friends and if he hung around that friend continuously for like a month he would suddenly be like oh yeah this is my brother when he finally like introduces him and he's not <laughs> but yeah. my, my, my dad just likes to think everyone's his best friend and he just like adopts them into the family yeah. Yeah. so I grew up not really ever knowing who I'm actually related to like are you a church friend are you actually related to me um and then also uh with family with extended family, my mom has a lot of siblings, some of which I've never met because after the Vietnam War, they've gotten scattered around the world. Um, but a huge chunk of said family is in Texas. And uh, because I don't speak Vietnamese, because I'm younger than the rest of my family, you know, like between me and my oldest sister, we have something like seven years. Um, and then with my second oldest sister, we have four years in between us. And so I feel like as the age gap goes, I think the interaction between families kind of faded a bit. And so while my siblings are really close to that extended family, I'm not so much. So, you know, they know everything about their, our cousins, kids, they send presents, this and that. And like, I don't really interact with them. So my definition of family is actually very different from my own family's definition of family, right? Uh, they're a lot closer to the extended family than I am. Meanwhile, um, there are times where if I become really close friends with someone, so in college, I had a best friend, we had a falling out. But at that time, I was so close to her that, you know, I would go to her family gatherings. They, you know, get me a spare key to their house. Um, so they were an ex extended family. In fact, my nickname for her mom was Madre number two. Um, and so they were like a family to me. And then now with families, because I am in a long-term relationship, even though we're not married, uh, you know, his, his family considers me as family. Uh, and sometimes when we go out, his aunts might introduce uh, me as their, like, uh, as their niece. Um, sometimes his mom would introduce me as her daughter-in-law. Uh, they kind of go back and forth because with us not getting married, it puts, I think it puts them in an awkward position in that they don't know what to call me. Um, but I still consider them family. Uh, and then with my brothers and sisters families 
um, that also gets really complicated because some of them I actually know and I'm close to, others not so much. Um, so it's hard for me to really define family in a traditional sense. And I guess, you know, when you grow older and you interact with other people and your, your tribe grows, um, there isn't an easy way to really clearly define uh, who is family and who isn't. Um, but like I said, I feel like family for me, it's something that's just kind of instinctual. Like I just feel like they're family. Yeah, I feel like a, a connection or a trust kind of thing. And then, uh, so like when it comes to like, you know, this type of situation, like Spence, when we look at your family, like you just like expanded your family, like beyond, like to, to a, like a, a huge realm of stuff. So like explain to me what you think family is. Well, I mean, there's a few things that you two brought up that I, I kind of took was taking notes on. But like initially, I mean, you knew you said it and just now, but trust, I think, is a huge piece of that's your family. I think uh, when there's a break of trust, uh, it, it made me think of my own family. But when there's a break of trust, you have um, there's there's damage done to that family unit. Right. Like you have s people whose siblings um, either abuse them or sexually abuse them. Right. That, that's a reality. You have people whose parents abuse them or sexually abuse them. So th there needs to, like psychologically, we, we've had people have to um, break, break these familial connections for their own survival in a lot of ways. Right. Because ultimately um, you have to go you have to go outside of yourself to, to cope with that, to make that work. Right. To make those types of things work. So um, yeah, really, like at a young age, you're looking at those things being like this is normal. Like, like I said, like what my, I thought my family element was, was normal and it's not normal. Yeah, right. Exactly. So like, say like if you're looking at like abuse or sexual abuse and for some reason in those circles, it's normal, then you think that's normal and it's not normal. Right. So like, so what is the, like, and then you have to learn later on that this type of, this type of shit ain't normal. Right. Or, that's, or that's it's omitted. Okay. Right. It's like, right. Oh yeah, we, we knew something was happening, but we just didn't want to know like the complete, right. the whole, the wholeness. Right. Um, we're good with like part of it, but mm, like kind of to, to keep peace and, and not have any issues. I'm like, to no, yeah. stop, burn yeah. that down and like deal with it yeah, right? and, and process that and deal with it. Exactly. Which is easy for me to say, because if you're going through that, uh, I have great like care and admiration for the, the every step that you've taken along the way. Right. Um, I think a big part of culture as a whole long term um is has been kind of this idea of surname and the lineage of like the familial surname and the and the familial tree right people do that as kids they they kind of try to etch out this family tree as much as possible and they don't realize that sometimes that um i mean we're, we're in a day and age where uh it's you you have somebody like oh yeah that was kind of a one-off night and you you're the product of that but to to share that with a child can be can be devastating. So you have families that uh, kind of create, kind of manage the narrative in a, in a way, right? So I think that those are parts of it. Uh, for me, it's definitely it's 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 both end where I know who my family is. Uh, can I? I'm like my brother, my brother Matt. I can trust him through anything. Uh, I, he's 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 uh, a good confidant. Uh, my sister Emily, on the other hand, uh, she is, I used to call her Grimer Worm Tongue, right? Because she would just be like in my parents' ear, uh, like telling them all the bad stuff I was doing. Uh, and I was like, I'm just trying to get this ring to Mount Doom, or I'm just trying, you know? No, uh, but she just was, anything I was trying to scheme and do, like, and it was like not necessarily like the most ethical thing, she'd be like on me, which I just, um it's it's really hard to have a relationship with somebody who's just like you feel like and and then uh, like that that there's that juxtaposition and then at the same time uh i always felt like my father uh favored her right and so i had a i was always competing against her right like i was always going 110 against my sister and she'd be like what's happening right now um i actually sat down with her this last year i kind of was processing and trying to kind of make amends for some things with, with COVID and everything. Just, I, I went over to her house and I just said, Hey, I want to apologize. Right. Like for me, this, for, for me, all, a lot of growing up, 
there was there was kind of a, a void and I blamed you for some of that and it, it had nothing to do with you I uh I named her as my rival and she's like uh she's like well I never was like I never was trying to compete against you you're not my rival but at the same time I don't know maybe she doesn't realize but she I was two years younger than her I was in sixth grade and people would recognize her as oh you're Spencer's sister Right. And I was the kid that had been at the school like just a few months and she yeah. was at the school. She she was an eighth grader. Right. So um, there's moments like that. So you have like family is it's this it's this move. Right. And then, yeah, now I'm in a, in a relationship where uh, Betsy has two uh, two kids with, with a previous marriage. She got out of that marriage and she was in a long term relationship uh, and her previous partner uh, died of an overdose, right? When, and she, and they had a child together. Uh, she's had to have some tough decisions because after she was actually pregnant, uh, when she found out that he, uh, like the, the, just, he died, right. They didn't know he, he died. Um, they didn't know how. Um, and so she was actually pregnant. She had to kind of wrestle with like this idea of abortion, right? Cause she, she wasn't planning on just doing this by herself, right. Uh, raising these kids. And she, and at that point she also kind of made the decision, where she just was going to be that cool aunt that just drank and was at parties and had was it was fun like she wasn't really looking for, to be in a relationship and i mean i don't know i'm i'm glad that i convinced her otherwise but now we have this familial unit which actually i mean we met may 16th to 2020 and uh we basically she she moved in uh june 1st like she still had her place and was paying like rent on it for a few months but i i mean like it was like mm, this is the path that we're gonna go on like the first week we went to the beach together and we like wrote out everything we wanted our relationship to be i should probably at, at some point when you two are talking run up and get that and just kind of like look at what that is because she has um her her partner who died right he had two kids and she looks at them as her kids right so that's her family she's she's like mm, we're about to we're and her and i are about to have a kid that's eight kids right there those are her kids right she looks at it that way um and 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 it doesn't have anything to do with blood and so we're having to do a lot of that with our own kids right like um my son marvel has a really he's five he has a really hard time kind of understanding like mm, spencer's not your dad and then it's yeah. like no i am i am his dad right like i'm i'm he's he's three years old and, and i'm um gonna be his dad at probably as much or more than i'm gonna be your dad because i split custody with your mom mm -hmm. right and and so uh and i don't he, he this this guy's gonna be with me all the time so i'm gonna i'm gonna have a, a piece in molding um this soul into the future i don't this is i know there's well that, that going that on too makes, far but yeah no 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 it's interesting because you, you look at those boys who you were with the whole time and then all of a sudden for the, like you know the like uh last the, two years. years yeah they were together and then they only knew you like you know when i like when, when you, me and you were at the shows it was just you and the boys and stuff like that now all yeah. of a sudden there's so much more and that's got to be a lot for them to kind of look at and then compete with like what you said with your sister right um and then like there's got to be a lot to kind of like compete for your attention just kind of the same thing because like i don't i don't agree that i don't like i don't know your sister but i also kind of looking at the thing like there's a possibility she kept like telling on you just because she liked to get you in trouble or she liked the attention for basically being the person that always told the truth right mm -hmm. so there's like there's possibilities of like why she did it whether it was like a rival motivation or was just she liked the feeling of being the person that was always um yeah. getting attention for like telling the truth I, right I, so I there's all those things i will say that you know as the youngest child um other than the age gap yeah I, I also was left out of a lot of things because my siblings knew I couldn't keep a secret. Like I was a very obedient child. Like I, I do not <laughs> like lying. I do not like, you know, lying to my parents. They couldn't tell me anything because I would be like, wait, no, mom and dad needs to know about this. <laughs> and I didn't know any better. I mean, like I always have been just been like full disclosure with, with whoever yeah. really. Yeah. And so my, I tell like once I was 17, I was coaching swimming and, it, and when you're seven in Portland, it's like a summer swim league. And I had swam all the way up to that point. And I was like, oh, I created a, a, a pseudonym. I was like, I'm I'm going to be like, I have my cousin, quote unquote, cousin coming into town. His name's Poseidon. His last name's Greer, which is my my like, yeah, my yeah. 
other side of family's maiden name. So I was like, Poseidon Greer is about to be swimming in this meat. Yeah. And uh, and my sister snitched on me. It I had everything worked out. I like registration dialed in. Everything looked like like on the up and up, except like I just I told her and, and she, she she screwed it all up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I there's a lot of expletives. I'm I'm yeah. trying to make this a clean episode. So there's a lot no, of this. No. But that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying there's like there's got to be some like there's got to be some chemical balance there that she was basically getting getting off on basically getting you in trouble. Right. Like there's some or she was getting more like closer to your dad because if you guys were competing for his attention, she was basically getting closer for for doing these things. Yeah. Right. Like because like she was more trustworthy. She's more honest. And she was basically and then on some level, she might have been doing it to protect you. Right. But then like i don't know if she did or not sometimes like, I don't know if, there's a, yeah. there's a few times at the time i was jumping off a roof into this pool yeah. which is so like i can't like save you right and from then, busting my head yeah that was it's, it's like it's just like the it's like the last thing you just recommended right like you have to have the courage to be disliked and and yeah. in order to protect your young, younger brother from doing something stupid like you might not like me but i'm actually True. looking out for you right and you don't like you, there could be a lot of that or it could be a lot like i just like the attention for being a snitch right so yeah. like there could be a, like there could be a balance there so it's always kind of like interesting looking at siblings you know so and then uh and then tao being a snitch because she likes being <laughs> no. the the, the so, I mean, this all this has me thinking too. Just the last kind of the American culture is this really interesting. I, I mean, I, I there's probably the Mongol culture is probably similar in some ways, right? Where you take in a lot of different cultures yeah. and you assimilate and you and it just breathes new life. Um, but the American culture, I I feel like the hardest thing. I mean, we deal with race as a huge construct in 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 our society, and as you're talking, I mean, just in surname too. The idea of um, there's that that slave relation lineage, right, where you have the slave owners names get carried through. And so you have a lot of um, African-Americans, black people uh, who have that lineage right from from the south. And then when there was the great uh, migration, you have this spread of uh, surnames all over the place that that wouldn't be called necessarily family, but you you get this idea and even so um sometimes when yeah when you're going through the same thing with other people that's that's family when you have that shared uh challenge it, it's kind of like people with churches you get people like a church family and other yeah. things too and, yeah it's the community right the community yeah. that you can kind of be a part of and i think um yeah we like the certain thing i find interesting because when you bring that up and i feel like for instance me right um like most of my lineage is coming from like uh from minority kind of culture but the thing is what's what i find interesting about the surname is that <laughs> what i do like about being like there's this lineage from the last name and also being like uh descendant from like uh, uh like white people is that you i can actually see some kind of lineage there there's a there's a cutoff when you're filipino like you're part filipino you're part native american at one point there is no documentation of these type of people ever so and that's not even like that far back right so at some point there's no there's no i have no idea like where these other parts of my family came from because there's no documentation so when you get a surname like sulk which is like a french name you're basically able to track it back also like far enough back to actually see some kind of like history in that when you can't see anything in being Native American or 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 Filipino, right? Or um, any kind of other thing, there's just a cutoff. Like when my grandpa got here, there's probably nothing I can do like past that. So it's like, it's, so that kind of stuff, like in that documentation, to me, I find fascinating and I'm kind of thankful for the, the documentation for having that surname. Because even if I was African-American and there's like a, that and you getting a slave name, you can still see some kind of lineage and uh, some kind of history. And I know it's not always the greatest type of history you want to know, but at least, you know, right? Like, you know, something of where you came from. Um, well, there's a I resilience there's in that, that, right? Right. And I think that the res in resilience, there's power. Right. And so there's confidence in being able to take that place and take it to a better place, right? And seeing where that came from and take it to another place that's more positive and more, uh, and then, and knowing where you came from is, I think, like the best, the kind of the best thing to know going forward is know where you came from. And I think that that so that's just history in general, right? Just know your history, just general history, so you know where you want to go. Um, so I, I do like surnames just for the sake of history, right? And I yeah. think that's kind of, um, I think that's important for everyone to kind of look into and see. It's interesting that you bring that up because we've had conversations before about, you know, what it would be like if we were to do one of those lineage DNA things, because, mm. you know, like you said, new um, 
it's it's really hard to track for you and it's also hard for for me to track as well a, a lot of those um a lot of those programs utilize like paperwork and stuff like that to really track where your family came from. They'll do some DNA stuff, which will be really interesting. But a lot of it does come down to family records. And when my family came to the United States, you know, they came as refugees. So it wasn't like a process that really uh, it required a lot of accurate paperwork. I know my mom has a huge family. She has like a dozen uh, siblings and they actually couldn't remember their birth dates. Um, and part of it, I have learned in later on that in Vietnamese culture, it is common to later change your birthday after a certain age, there's like a coming of age thing where you change it to new year's. And so all of my sibling or all of my aunts and uncles and my mom, their birthdays are January 1st, but it's not actually their birthday. Uh, and so, you know, we don't have a lot to to go by in terms of accurate paperwork to know, you know, where our family came from, who came from where. I just have little stories of like, oh, maybe we have some French in us because supposedly my grandfather was taller than all the other Vietnamese people. Mm -hmm. But that could just be my dad pretending that he's actually tall because when he goes <laughs> to the doctor, he tells him that, you know, he's like four inches taller than he actually is. Um, but you know, I'm like, Dad, that doesn't work. They can actually measure you. We measure Clearly, you're not. <laughs> metric conversion. Tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, so I don't know. Maybe whoever's listening to this, let us know if you'd be interested to see, like, what is that like? Because I know I've never really bothered because I was like, oh, I'm not going to actually get any information from this. Um, but at the same time, yeah. I was curious yeah. to see, like, what can these yes. programs and these, like, DNA and all these, like, this research can actually dig up about my family. Um, but I do want to rewind a little bit to talk about uh, something that Spence brought up, which was, you know, him talking to to his son, Marvel, to explain, you know, their their blended family of, you know, you're you're his dad, but you're also going to be uh, you're also the dad to Betsy's kids and you're the Very dad son, yeah. to this, this new um, child. And I realized that for me, the reason why like a lot of this is instinct is because, you know, I don't have kids. I don't have to explain who is or isn't family. I don't have to explain what is family. I just, you know, I have cats and dogs and they also instinctively like decide who they like. Um, so I never have to sit down and talk about it. I know that occasionally I have a younger nephew who, um, my sisters always constantly are just like, oh, call, you know, my boyfriend, Uncle Ian, because they, they really want us to get married. And at this point, they see him as family. Um, and one time I did say, like, you know, he's technically not your uncle or not married. And my, my nephew just blew his mind. He's like, what do you mean you're not married? Um, right. And then I was like, you know, yeah. what? I'm going to leave this to your mom. Like, this is her job. Yeah. <laughs> to explain it. But for you two, you know, you actually have kids where you you actually have to sit down and define these things. So, you know, ha have you had other conversations about this and how have you defined your relationship um, in terms of like what being a father is, what being a daughter or a son is? Well, I mean, it's it's complex because even there's been moments where um, early in our relationship, there was kind of there was things that I said that were uh, were taken like I had to, I had to explain myself. Right. So there was a moment where um, Betsy's ex-husband lives in Cal California. And so the kids go and visit him every once in a while. And the idea was like he can go and be there. Right. And um and, and with with his sister and so and i'm like how, like why would you like how would you give them up right like just if you had your kids there would never be a point where i was like oh uh Laurelyn, you can have full custody and even today um we, we were i was just i i said we were talking about like camps and paying for camps and stuff and having some issues there i said to her essentially like i'll take them i'll pay for whatever I'll take them anytime. I, I'm the one who wants full custody ultimately. So that is a that's a big piece of for me that now going back to kind of where what your question was, it's like it's just ownership and then just understanding that being a parent isn't about blood, right? So Betsy's youngest son, Grayson, he's his dad's not around. Um, I had I have no like 
genetic connection to him, but it's ultimately like saying like he taking ownership that he he is my son and in caring for him i'm caring for betsy and caring for the whole crew and having to kind of have these conversations where it's it's really inner i mean yeah, yeah. off tape it's it's a really interspliced cross-section of like relationships and and nuances and do you tell this child this information or do you wait until they're older or do you not at all right and um and, and it beyond just the family unit. Right. And so I think, uh, Betsy's daughter came in the other day and was like, so is this person, my like stepbrother? No, he's your half brother because you share the same mom, uh, but you have a different dad. Um, or you, they have the same dad, but they have a different mom. Right. So you have this piece of, of kind of family. Right. And with my kids, um, and it's challenging too, because yes, they, this is uh, we live in the house that I have lived in, right? So then it's the house that my kids have grown up in, and so there's a, probably a psychological challenge. It's like, yeah, in a lot of ways, it's like this is a space where they've been able to run around and do pretty much whatever they want anytime they want, and now there's different rules and regu <laughs> regulations on it, right? I guess I they probably have a pretty good idea of what business big business feels like when they're being regulated. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. When the rules it, have changed and you're like, and then they're just, and then you're going to get a lot of fight back. Right. Like, no, I don't want it to be different. I want it to be back where it was just like me and my brother and you. Right. And there's got to be a lot of different stuff. There. Well, and, and, and Betsy's oldest son has said like, I, I when especially kind of coming back, it was like, mm, I, I just want to go back to the greenhouse where we were at before, like yeah. where we were living at before. And so, it's it's a lot of swallowing my own um, feeling sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah. And and taking on their perspective and understanding that um, this is all new for them, and they're having to navigate this relationship too on the fly. Um, and, and there's some things that yeah, like this baby that we're about to have in the next couple of weeks. Ultimately, um, by the time this this airs. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll have kind of my, my essentially sixth child. Right. But like my third with another person. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's, it's them all understanding like, Oh, this is my mom's. This is the, the we're all going to be brothers and sisters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, under, and like setting up, um, relationship and, and clear boundaries of like, what's okay. What's not okay. Uh, I mean, early on there was a moment where, uh marvel was like mm, like doing stuff under the covers that he shouldn't be right so you're like managing that kind of stuff and it's like it's all in innocence right like these are like four five six year olds yeah right it's like so, curiosity right so yeah just, or like just trying you know they're trying to figure things out and trying to explore and stuff like that yeah it's a totally um, different game if they're like in, like pre like late teens and into their 20s right playing yeah, that game yeah yeah, yeah. But, no well that's i think the interesting thing about parenting too is that like um uh, it's it's got to be it's uh, it's got to be hard because you have to be able to kind of like speak their language and tell them that they're supported and that you're you know that you're their father no matter what the situation is and you're still going to be here no matter what the what like no matter what else is going on and being able to navigate around all that stuff and make the new kids feel like that they're also supported and they can trust you, but then also that you're not also turning your back on your other kids because they're going to feel slighted. Right. So like, <laughs> and then it's, it's like, like, that's, it's a circle and it's yeah. the hardest thing that I've ever done. And totally. it's, I also have to be aware that I can't be responsible for, I, I can, I can be considerate and show and like, and have space for it, but I can't be, con uh, I can't be controlled and put their emotional well, like their emotional security on my plate. Yeah. Because then that just drives me to a place yeah. where I'm like trying to manage all of it and like and, and kind of force it in a way instead of create space for them to critically think about it and to make choices that allow them the uh, capacity to understand it in a greater way. Yeah. No. If I if I try to control it all, it's ultimately it's going to come back to to kind of bite me in a way that they're like, mm, I'm like you've been holding this together. I, I, I don't know how to manage my own emotions. So yeah. like hands up in the air, it's been really hard with ransom. Like my eight year old, um, because two, 
he has a hard time with like what actually happened with just this in this in this in the story right even this morning he's like there's this new like bow and arrow toy that he got and he was like can i take that to moms and i'm like no that's an every that's an everybody toy right Mm -hmm. um and he's like you said i could and i'm like "Mm." yeah I had no, no recollection and I've even had like conversations because he's done this before where he's taken a bunch of toys that could be cons- construed as everybody's, but it's yeah. like, I have to be considerate of, of the other people Everyone's as well. Too. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it does him no service to cater to him and what he wants, but there'll be issues like, Oh, ransom did this, or I did, this is what happened. And I'm like, well, what would you like me to do? And he's like, fine. Just, he just kind of outbursts. So we're trying to find ways to kind of like, um, let them it's like I, the language would be like if he flipped his lid right if he's kind of going into that fight flight freeze mode uh let him kind of come back to a place where he has the capacity he's calmed he has he can use some of his the frontal lobe that's there and then uh and and, and try to mitigate and kind of create some understanding um does it work 100 percent of the time no we're having the same conversations over and over again but yeah. hopefully sooner or later it takes hold right yeah, it's, it's hard because like like I would tell you if I was in that situation, I straight up not tell you, and I'd just take them and hide them and take them to my mom's house so they could never touch them ever. Like, and I would never say anything. Oh, that's what because that's how I would handle it, right? Because I'm like, oh, for me, I'm like, oh, I got to share these toys. Well, I'm just gonna take them there, and you're never gonna see them again. I'm gonna play with them at my mom's house, and you'll never, and I don't have to share, right? But that's like for what I would do because that's well, the type of person it, I would be, you know. And that's the kind of kid I was in some ways, but right, at the same right. time. As a parent, I like I'm like hyper aware yeah, because yeah. I was this, I was the kid who I was trying to take toys outside. My dad was like, nope. I tried. I hit him in my pants. Yeah. He said, nope. Uh, and then finally, I cut a screen in the window yep. and, and, and threw him out the window. And then I walked out and played with him outside. Yep. So right then and there, my dad knew. Yeah. He, he was like, this guy's this guy's different. Yeah, he's he's yeah. gonna he's, he's gonna, gonna find think, a way. He, yeah, find it's a way, like right? you, you tell me that I can't do something. I was like, okay, thank you. Uh, and then you're you're gonna be having to tell me multiple times because yeah, re- like if I saw that toy gone, I'd be like, ransom, we need to get it back, or I'd yeah. talk to his mom it just, yeah. just to kind of the accountability. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't feel like I had the most accountability, and I felt like that was a disservice to me in some ways. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> At the same time, too. Yeah. But that's uh that's the challenge of like really trying to and the, a, and the thing is like family you know, yeah and i think that i think like what people don't get about parenting is that we like you you sit there and you say well we all kind of raise kids the like you know we raise them all the same we like them all the same which is bullshit right so because like we we kind of raise children based on what that child's needs are if this one is a little bit more needy a little bit more sensitive we tend to kind of do that or this one likes sports and this one doesn't you get this one a book you get this one a new like baseball glove right so you go and then this one likes to go and do dancing then you're doing that and the other one likes to go sit at home and watch tv like you're also like looking at getting this person more of like a computer thing, right? So you're kind of navigating your parenting based on their personalities. And and, and we've always done that. And anybody that says differently doesn't realize that they're doing it. Like, because I do that. I think everybody does that. You you you, you change your parenting based on the kid's personality. You and some to. are easier to deal with and some are, some are more clever. Some are more uh, angry. Some are more like, and then are more jealous and all these things. And you got to navigate around that and try to explain it to them. And like your situation is a lot different than mine, right? So, because we all, all my, my daughters i have two daughters that I have like then we have the the other one that's the um half sister but the thing is like for me i've treated treated them all the same i don't want them to, i don't want the other one to feel like she's any different and she kind of knows she is but she also knows that nobody treats her that that way right so it's kind of like it's kind of i keep it very consistent when i'm with them to make sure they all kind of like we all play that thing where we're all in this together but we all get treated the same like if you do these things, then you're in trouble just like the other ones are, you know, like it doesn't there's no difference. Like that's not good. And just because you're little doesn't mean you can get away with certain things or you're older. You can't be getting away with like fighting with a little kid. right? So it's like, like yeah. you're older. Don't fight with a with the younger one. Right. Because you, you should know better. Right. Um, and it's difficult. So I can see like in your situation, there's probably a lot more navigation going on than I, I, uh, mine. Yeah. Critical piece. And just, especially in what you're saying is establishing who the family is, 
understanding and and saying it this this person needs a little different experience right like we have a three-year-old who who needs naps and so um they need to understand that they need to respect that time and space as they would have if they were in that same in in that alternate role or they were respected when they we're taking naps at two, three, like two, three, four, whatever. Yeah. So setting up that and, un- and creating understanding, which kids usually don't have a recollection of what those first few years were like. Yeah. Uh, they may have some anxiety over some of the trauma that was caused, but ultimately they don't really have this grasp of, of what that all meant. So it's, it's like, we're all kind of figuring this out on the fly. Um, and in the grand scheme, just making sure that, that kind of it's a constant clear uh expectation right and that each person is really hard in this house is everybody's like well so and so no it's like we establishing even with a three-year-old today i was like are who are who is the one person you can control yeah. yourself yeah. And, and i'm always telling ransom i'm like attitude and effort right like all yeah. these kids are just it's it, you control your own attitude you control your own effort uh, and that's something that you're going to hear forever from in this household. Right. And and so that is a big piece of it. Right. Right. And then, you, yeah. And then, so it's got to be it's going to be a growing process. And I don't think there's any right, right or wrong way to do it. It kind of comes down to the family that you you have in the in the, in the ecosystem you're creating because it works there. Right. And so whatever the rules are that apply there and it works, that's what works. And that's what and then, so there shouldn't be any right, wrong or right ways of doing it. And it should be all trial and error. You change it as it keeps going. And this ain't working, throw it out, change something else, you know. Yeah. So like Spence, like to get off, like, you know, kind of get away from like parenting a little bit, like go into like. So what is that the, the modern family that like, you know, all of us are kind of familiar with now because it's like you said, it's all different. Every, there's no there's new rules. There's new uh, there's new situations. So what is it like navigating your situation with you, like your your um, your your parents and your, your siblings with your new kind of family you got going on? Uh, it's it's interesting because my mom, she's she's very. Uh, she's always just been vocal, right? So she has no problem sharing what she believe, like wants to believe. She's yeah, like, I hope yeah. this is your last child, uh, right? You need to, you need to get snipped after this one. She sounds she sounds like my mom. So <laughs> so, so she's like she's like, like you better set that vasectomy appointment now, yeah, like just yeah. get it done with. Um, yeah. Which I don't like. Ultimately, um, yeah, like oh, that's not that's not necessarily a conversation between her and I. It's, yeah, like yeah. it's. It's in, some, in a lot of ways over, overstepping those bounds, but um, it's cake. Watch uh, Ransom, Marvel, and Kyle, right? Like, can you watch Marvel and Tatum and Grayson, right? Like, they aren't like trying to establish that this isn't the, a, a like flavor of the month relationship. Yeah, that's like that this now is they're a, your grandkids. This as well, is yeah, exactly. Right? And yeah. so it's like, um, I, I mean, it's it in some ways there's a feeling that that that's the case. And then in there, in some ways, it's a feeling that maybe maybe they aren't necessarily like Betsy has a feeling that sometimes like they there's this this delineation of like Ransom and Marvel, my kids and then her kids. Right. So trying to set up a space um, that they all that, that they are all her grandchildren. Right. Like they started calling her new grandma. Right. And um, and and building those relationships because and, and the hard part, too, is with covid. there it's not as many of those opportunities yeah yeah because especially my parents are in their 70s uh and until they got their shots there you you never know and so trying to set up and and i hear there's a new um indian variable uh variant variant Variant. yeah Yeah. no i'm just i was just joking from earlier yeah because you said that but yeah uh, (laughs) but Ultimately, yeah, that made it really hard because I didn't. I was have spent less time with like my aunt. I'd stop by my aunt's house all the time, yeah. um, and and hang out with her. She never got married. She was, um, she's my mom's sister, and we're basically like I would consider her like another grandma, of, uh, like another uh, grandma. Well, yeah, another yeah. yeah. Or she, I there was times when I would call her mom, right? Like that's how like she treated us like she, we were her kids, and she took care of us like that, and so. Um, again, that's a, that's a a moment where this person's not my mom, but she basically cares for me like that. Or you have grandparents who are like that. Right. And so it's so complex. The, the, the idea of family, 
um, in my own space, right? It's this idea of, um, yeah, trying to create um, a comfortability between my family, my, my, the family I was born into and the family that I'm creating. Right. right. There's been moments where my sister has overstepped her bounds and tried to tell Betsy how to parent the kids. Right. Um, and Betsy doesn't appreciate that. And yeah. then I and then yeah. I say something that ultimately creates anxiety for both sides. Yeah. It doesn't help anything. Because yeah, cause you're like, trying to play. You're trying to play in the middle and nobody and somebody wants you to take a side. So and well, like, you and, know. and ultimately at this point, I have to take, I'm take I have to take Betsy's side. Right. right? Like she's right. my she's my partner. She's like the person right. that I like that I am. Um, it's, to... it's tough because i've been in those situations too even though i'm not like you know with my kid's mom anymore there's the situations where i'm like you're both wrong i don't care you know kind of thing so it's like so and that that, that creates more tension for me and I've, I've made it clear i was like look i don't i don't care about you guys liking me i care about the fact that what is right and what is wrong right so like for instance yeah. i'll give you guys a kind of quick example of like a situation i had with like my my kids grandparents on their mom's side where like during this pandemic thing um like and then Tao, you can probably understand this a little bit. Um, maybe Spence too, but like from on the, on this kind of like thing, they're they're Indonesian, and apparently there's some kind of tradition involved with certain things. Like I guess like inviting like people can invite themselves to your house, um, or and to to go over and see your family, um, whenever they want, right? And I, and I was just like, and then I'm sitting there, I'm like, what? Like, no, like we're in a pandemic. That's not that's not a thing. Right. And then so then but then like and then she gets like my kid's mom gets upset and she's like kind of telling them the same thing um, because one of our daughters has like a, a like a lot of health um, issues. So we're like sitting there. But and in their tradition, it's like you have to do it. And I'm like, I tradition be damned. Like, you know, I was like I was like, I'm not I was like, I'm I'm not in Indonesia. This is America. This is California. Like. I don't do that because we're in a pandemic, right? So it caused a big rift because there's a tradition involved. And then there's also these things where I'm like giving them like real like logic. I'm like arguing with him and I'm like, look, and I'm on text. I'm like, look, how I was like, I understand. Like you got on your, your immediate family, like my in-laws, like ex-in-laws. I was like, you guys have people with health problems. I was like, why don't you invite them over to your house? And they wouldn't say anything. Right. I was, like, I was like, yeah, you're going to like basically force us to take in these people and bring them over and entertain. And we don't know really anything. And we're not super close and we don't know what they're in. And based on like and then we don't know if they're vac- vaccinated, not vaccinated, willing to wear a mask. Don't believe this. Don't believe that. Right. We don't know. And so we're put in this position that we have like and then and then on my side, I'm like hard. No, like hard. No, I like no is a, is a full sentence. I ain't got to tell you why or anything. But that don't fly in this culture. Like you have to have logical reasons in order to like deny a situation. I'm like, nah, no, nah, I don't have to have a goddamn reason why I don't have to do something. I just straight up tell you no, and I don't care, right? But that don't fly. So therefore, on her side, they I have to kind of almost be forced to toe the line, which is completely against my nature, and and also. It's like trying to kind of protect my kids during this situation and do the right thing and then be saw as the bad guy for doing it. Right. And then um, so it's very kind of like this weird understanding that like, I don't know, for me, it just seems like traditions should be broken on some kind of situation, like, like regardless, like on some situations, right, that are for the betterment of other people around you, regardless of how like how it looks in the light of day, like saving face with your family. Like, and I've always told, like, they, I always told like Nadia and then like our, and then like kid's mom. And then like, what, I was like, just tell them I said it. I don't care about being the bad guy. I don't care. I don't care. Like I'll be the bad guy all day. Just tell them I said, no, just tell it like blame it all on me. Cause I don't care. Right. I don't care. Like it's the right thing to do. And if they want to be mad at somebody, they can be mad at me. Cause I really don't care. Right. And I think that's kind of how I play it. But they, for some reason, it never gets done that way. And it always kind of puts us in a compromising situation. It puts me at odds with these um, people because I feel like they purposely put my family in danger for something that they thought was like, uh, like they thought was good for them instead of good for us. And I've always had these kind of weird kind of interactions. So I've never been really, I've always been like, Oh, I've tolerated them for a while. Then they do something like this that just sets me like in a point where it pushes them further away. 
you know? And I don't know that like, Tao, you have this kind of uh, issue in your family. I know like you're like, and, and these type of things happen that kind of just push. And then we, we talk like, just to kind of understand, like when it comes down to a blood relations and, and then and I think that's what happened in my growing up on the reservation is like my siblings consider blood to be some kind of a, um, what's the word Tao? Uh, when you're blood related to some kind of like, they think that they can do things. Obligation? No, no. obligation. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, we were, we're uh, like a uh, um, privilege. They mm. think they're privileged to be able to get away with acting a certain way, making you do things you don't want to do because they're your brothers, your sisters, or they're what you call, they feel like they can get away with certain stuff. And you're supposed to come to their aid or come to their side, regardless if they're right or wrong. And on some level, I find that to be ridiculous, especially in my side. I've taken it to the point where I'm not close with my brother or my sisters. You know, I give I give them I I draw a hard line. I was like, this is what it is. And if you cross this line, then we're done. And it doesn't matter. It don't matter to me. And I I was like, because like there's no longer you don't have a privilege basically just because you're related to me or blood related that you you have the right to treat somebody the way you're treating me or my family or say things about my kid's mom or do these things right so like my brother we're, we're not really close because he said some like um we weren't even i wasn't even with my kid's mom at the time and he said some really like crazy like rude things about her and then therefore that's enough i don't care that's disrespect to my kid's mom that's disrespect to my kids and therefore there's a hard line there and you don't get to do things like that and still be a part of my fam- uh, be a part of my my life and my kids' lives. That's done. You're done. And he's been done for like over like like probably 12 years now. Not talk to him. Like and because the thing is like you're not. He's not even trying to make an effort to be better, right? And my and my little sister did the same thing. I drew a line. Like you disrespect like my kids, my kids, my kids' mom. We're done here. And then you 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 have to draw that line, and then what happens happens. And I and I have no regrets in these type of situations when it comes down to that kind of thing, is because I feel like it's a betterment of my family's well being. And they're um, when you take out some kind of toxic situation in your in your life, and I think it's better in those kind of things. And it's not easy to do, but for me, it's <laughs> I think how I grew up, it was really easy. So so it's like to be able to kind of just cut off family really easily. I think it, became, it was really easy based on how I saw like my grandma didn't care that I existed or my uncles and aunts would not care when I was like there. Some did, some didn't. And it was really easy for me to make these choices, seeing what's the best, what's what's the best thing for my family and for my children. And cutting certain people off was the best thing to do, like I feel. And I have I have no regrets for it. And I think the girls are better and, and better off like now and less these people can realize that they, what they did and try to make an effort to be better than they were before. And if they can, that's great. We'll look at that. But if we're not, if like there's gotta be some consistency and some real change in your behavior. And if there's not, then that's fine. We'll just be people that we like, I seen once, once in a while, you know? Uh, so I don't know how, what do you think? Well, I mean, I guess it's, that's where, you know, your definition of families who you choose comes right. from, right? Because for you, blood, isn't the defining factor. And I think that, you know, for a lot of people, um, and in my culture, blood does play a huge role in it. And that, you know, you always have this connection to them, no matter what, no matter how annoying they are, no matter how much you might hate them. um, You'll always have that blood connection. And fortunately, I've never had to confront that. Um, My siblings, they obviously, because they grew up really close together, they went to school together. They would have their moments where they fight. They had a lot of, you know, um, intersections in their their close family or uh, close friend groups. Um, so they had a lot of things in common. And so uh, my mom says all the time that she's just very happy that now that we are older, we all get along and that all of that fighting kind of went away eventually. Like they, they got that out of the way early on. Um, and no one has ever really like crossed the line per se, where we would just say like, no, this is done. This is over with. Um, I know that I've had moments where my siblings have really like gotten on my nerves. Um, I've had, you know, mixed moments with my brother, for example, I would describe him as kind of a jerk. Um, But at the end of the day with how it is with all my siblings, like no matter what, like if push comes to shove, like if I really needed him, if I really needed my my sisters, they would be there for me. 
um, you know, my brother might be there for me in the most annoying way possible. And he might like rub it in my face and hold it over me, but <laughs> he will come around and help me if I need it. Uh, and you know, with at that point, is it even worth it? Right. <laughs> so, so like... There's also a lot of weights of pros and cons right, um, there. Right. And I will say, you know, in this could be a cultural thing. Um, what you were saying earlier with, you know, having this obligation to family where you have to entertain, you have to bend over backwards things for people. Um, I think in my culture, there is a huge aspect of being a good host, of being a, being there to to entertain. I think a part of it is saving face as well. Mm. Um, I think in this, like like an Eastern culture, saving face is almost almost more important than anything else. Right? Yeah, um, uh, I don't, and I'm I'm very American. I grew up here, and I don't know that for me doesn't. I think respect has to be earned. And I grew up that way. I like, so the thing is like, I don't, I don't like, just because you're old doesn't mean you're smart. Right. So it's like, and I feel like, or, or, or nice or like any of those things. And I feel like I've grown up with like, if you give respect, I'll give you respect. If I give respect, I expect respect. Like, and I think that's how it should be. And I feel like sometimes in the Eastern culture, and I'm not trying to be mean, but it seems in my situation, it seems like respect had to be given with regardless of how they treated others. And I, and I have a really hard problem with that because I'm not, I'm not from that culture. I'm from here. So it's, it's really hard for me to see that and kind of go down that thing when I know the person that is asking for respect is really like they're, they don't deserve it. Right. Um, and that's hard for me. Well, and I, I think that also that transaction of, uh, giving and receiving respect, it comes in a different order. So for example, like you were mentioning of like having to entertain these people, having to accept them in the house. Definitely, I've seen moments where my my parents have gone above and beyond and wanted to show them around. Um, and like, we would have to sometimes set limits of like, wait a minute, like, no, you can't just like invite them over to our house to show them how well we're doing. Like, go ahead, tell them that we're doing great, but you know, we have lives. We, we can't just like suddenly entertain these people. Yeah, yeah. So we've had, had to have those conversations before. Um, but you know, one thing that I've noticed recently is that I've had a lot of, um, back and forth with, with my boyfriend about inviting people over. Cause for me, if you invite people over, I need to make sure that even if I'm not like ordering hors d'oeuvres and a bunch of like food for people, even if they, I've seen them a lot and they're close friends, I still want to make the house look presentable. I still want to make sure <laughs> I, I clean the place. Right. It's it, for me, it's just like, it's, that's, that's just what you do. Like you have to do that. Mm. Um, and it's funny because I I found out while talking to his mom that she and she's Filipino she's the same way and she also judges people like if you come over and they haven't put that much effort in then you know that's just really rude and she should come over to my house <laughs> but the thing is also you you judge the people you entertain as well because they still have to be respectful of your your space yeah, you do this yeah. much effort for them they need to also make sure that they're not like going out of their way making a mess right yeah, so there yeah. is there is a give and take in that respect um but definitely because of you know i never noticed this as like an odd thing but i do you know have that that hosting like ingrained in me and that like yeah. no if people are coming over i have to make sure this place is presentable um right. it's also part of the reason why i don't want to get married is because seeing my sisters go through their wedding like their wedding was not for them their wedding was definitely was a lot for everyone else it was for yeah, everyone else there's a lot yeah. of back and forth with my parents right. of like which relatives that, that my sisters have never met do they get have to uh invite um, and then also, you know, with, I've learned that with Vietnamese weddings, um, we don't really give gifts, we, we give money. And so then, you know, when my parents are going to weddings and then let's say one of my siblings decides to, to come and join the wedding, they have to do this mental calculation of, okay, okay, we're adding one more person to the invite, which means like the amount of money we're giving to the bride and groom increases this much. Also, depending on how much they give, like, our kids for their wedding that also factors in as well as like the actual relationship like all of that mental relationship calculation goes into what you give as a present and it's just exhausting and I yeah that sounds exhausting thank you for sitting with us through this conversation this is just part one we have a lot quite a bit more uh and uh, we also have a live show july 23rd it's a friday i have a wedding the next day so had to stay away from that 
but July 23rd at 6 o'clock, we're going to do a live show. Uh, we're going to have some giveaways and other things that day. Uh, we just really appreciate, again, your support. Let other people know. Uh, let's make this a big event. It's right around, I think, the same time as San Diego Comic-Con. So we are going to do that. Um, also, be ready to start heading back to the Comic-Cons as they go. We're going to be trying to set up some panel uh, moments and we'll definitely have some giveaways at those and other pieces but uh, have a blessed day love on your families as we are hoping to always improve and grow and and learn and, and be better right so take care have a great day continue to learn from your experiences and explore beyond your boundaries. Music by Quest Eons, produced by DJ Crumb, production by 